Welcome to Healthy Voyager Radio. I'll be your host, the Healthy Voyager, Carolyn Scott. Thanks for tuning in to Healthy Voyager Radio. I'm your host, Carolyn Scott Hamilton, the Healthy Voyager. And today we are getting back to basics. Well, Healthy Voyager basics. The whole basis of the Healthy Voyager is to promote health in all people by promoting the benefits of a plant-based diet, right? That's kind of where I started and where I'm still going, even though we've added a bunch of stuff to the brand, but that's always been the the crux of of the Healthy Voyager brand. Almost 12 years ago, I made the switch because after uh, I read a book on food combining, the light just went off in my head and it made sense. Uh, I can't really explain explain it, but I was so stunned at how much following a plant-based diet made sense in order to achieve optimal health and fight disease. I was so grateful when I kind of figured it out. Uh, and uh, it's so hard to look back at the time beforehand and say, how did I not know this? But we kind of are all in that cloud. And sometimes it just takes one little thing to 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 realize the, the benefits. So over the years, I've studied nutrition and have made it my mission to gain the knowledge necessary to help others. Uh, Part of that has also been aligning myself with like-minded people who have tools to assist me with that message. Uh, My guests today are exactly those kinds of folks. Um, One is uh, a film that I will be adding to my toolkit along with uh, the China study that I incessantly push. uh, And the other is an incredible group of doctors who are making huge strides in the medical community by promoting plant-based diets. Uh, but before we get to my awesome guests, very excited, uh, I just wanted to briefly mention some of the benefits of a plant-based diet. Uh, and while I know it doesn't sound easy for some, starting small and taking baby steps toward the transition is key because every little bit helps. Really, it does. Um, you know, if you were to save a penny a day, it may not seem like much at the beginning, uh, but over time, you'd be surprised how much, you know, a jar fills up and and what's in there. I know my husband and I were putting change into a jar and thinking, ah, maybe that's 50 bucks. But it was like 200 bucks by the time it added up. So every little bit helps. Um, And the same thing with your health. Every glass of water, every alternative choice you make from a fried or unhealthy food to a more healthier plant-based meal helps. Uh, So take your health into your own hands because you're the best defense against disease and illness. And, um, you know, sitting back and just taking what other people say, like uh, a doctor or what you hear on the news uh, as as gospel and just saying, oh, okay, well, they said it's okay and not really researching it on your own can be detrimental to your health because what works for uh, the goose may not be good for the gander. So really, it's a personal, individual health, uh, all-around health defense uh, if you kind of take everything into your own hands. So uh, here are a few things that most of you listeners probably already know, but it's great to reinforce your belief and what you're doing as far as plant-based diets. And for those of you who are listening who aren't, um, here are some things that uh, that may kind of scare you straight, I guess. Um, not that that's my intention, but uh, you know, when you have all the information available at hand, you can make a more informed decision on how to kind of keep going with, uh, with your lifestyle. So uh, vegetarian diets are naturally low in saturated fat and high in fiber, and full of cancer-protective phytochemicals that help to prevent cancer. And that being, you know, it's because it's plant-based, um, vegan diets, uh, you get all the more fiber, no cholesterol, 
um, nothing but vitamins and nutrients that are there as antioxidants to help combat any disease in your body. So the more plant-based you eat and the more you start to wean yourself off of animal proteins uh, and other products, then you'll see the difference in, in your immune system for sure. Studies have proven that meat and dairy products contribute to many forms of cancer, including uh, cancer of the colon, breast, ovaries, and prostate. A blood analysis of vegans reveals that they have a higher level of natural killer cells, which are actually specialized white blood cells that attack cancer cells. So again, with all the natural vitamins, nutrients, antioxidants that are in plant-based foods, your body is going to be that much more uh, healthy and able to fight off any bad stuff going on. So um, again, you know, for some people who aren't vegan and just want to do it in moderation, totally understandable. But like I said, the more you can kind of tip the scales towards plant-based, the better off you are. Uh, animal products are the main source of saturated fat and the only source of cholesterol in the diet. Uh, vegans avoid these risky problems. So additionally, the abundance of fiber found in plant-based diets helps reduce cholesterol levels, uh, and vegetarian vegan diets also prevent heart disease. Um, again, you only get cholesterol from eating animal products. You do not get cholesterol from plant-based foods. And we already, in our own human bodies, have cholesterol, so there's no need to add to that because that's where you uh, fall down the pit of into the abyss of unhealthiness. So Again, cutting back wherever you can is will, will make a huge difference in your health. Um, people who follow vegetarian diets typically have lower blood pressure. Plant products are lower in fat and sodium and have no cholesterol at all. Vegetables and fruits are also rich in potassium, which can help lower blood pressure. So um, if you are heavy-handed on the salt, do your best to, to stay away from that. But again, if you're following a plant-based diet, you increase your vitamins and minerals that help lower the blood pressure and kind of clean you out. So, um, again, just another reason to 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 uh, to eat some more veggies. Uh, some scientists believe that insulin-dependent diabetes may be caused by an autoimmune reaction to dairy proteins. Um, so those are the, the people who, um, not adult onset, but insulin-dependent from, you know, the, the baby, uh, when you started as a baby with diabetes, that... Um, it could be attributed to an autoimmune reaction to dairy. So again, by taking animal products out, you are more likely to recover and even reverse um, the symptoms of, uh, of diabetes. And those who do um, contract adult-onset diabetes, the non-insulin-dependent, um, their diabetes can be better controlled and sometimes even eliminated through a low-fat vegan diet as well as uh, with some regular exercise. So more and more benefits. Um, vegetarian vegan diets have been shown to reduce one's chance of forming kidney stones and gallstones. Diets that are high in protein, especially animal protein, tend to cause the body to excrete more calcium, um, oxalate, and uric acid into the blood. So the more acidic foods that you eat, um, the more your body needs to try to counteract that with um, with calcium and where is calcium in your body in your bones so the more acid you eat the more calcium is being uh robbed from your bones uh to fight it and then osteoporosis weakened bones um and just a lot of gook and and acidic stuff in your blood that causes disease so uh try to stay away from acidic foods which are animal proteins um 
and it, again, I mentioned before with the stones and gallstones, uh, the more pro, the the FDA is kind of <laughs> has an antiquated data from like the 50s and based on lab rats as far as like what our protein should be. And it's highly, highly incorrect that um, the amount of protein that we that we need to have in our diet, daily diet, is not nearly as much as what they say it is. I mean, unless you're training to be a bodybuilder, and even then, your body doesn't need the amount of protein that the average American diet ingests. Um, and that's what happens when uh, people ingest too much protein, the kidney stones, the gallstones, because there's such an excess amount of protein in the blood and the body that the body doesn't know what to do with it, and it's not easily di digested. So it just kind of hangs out in there and creates, uh, you know, the, the calcification um, and creating the stones. Um, and drinking soda doesn't help either because there's a lot of sodium in that. So, again, uh, another point. And since animal products uh, force calcium out of the body, eating meat and dairy uh, promotes the bone loss. So that was one other thing I wanted to mention. Um, and nations mainly uh, that tend to, to skew towards a vegetable-heavy diet um, and without dairy product consumption, osteoporosis is less common than in the U.S. Um, even when calcium intake is so high – um, in the U.S. where people are trying to take calcium, um, we're kind of counteracting uh, that by eating poorly. So uh, just a few things to think about. And uh, for those of us who are vegan, this just kind of reinforces what, we, what we're doing. And for others, hopefully, um, you know, if you start with a meatless Monday and just try to do a few plant-based diets, add them into your diet and remove a few animal-based um meals uh, during the week that's just going to help more and more and and uh and you get creative with with your plant-based meals and uh it's kind of exciting and full of flavor and taste nowadays there's so many great recipes and cookbooks and restaurants and products that can help you um so you're not uh you're not uh, missing out on all the great flavors and stuff that you think you'd be missing by uh getting rid of the animal products so I could go on with this for hours but uh, I'm very excited to get this conversation moving forward with our guests, so stay tuned as after the break, I will be chatting with the creator and producer of Forks Over Knives, my uh, new favorite documentary, Mr. Brian Wendell. I'm Alec Baldwin. Like any parent, I'm concerned about children's health. Many kids don't eat as they should and are at risk for long-term health problems like diabetes and heart disease. But here's good news. Fruits, vegetables, whole grains, and other low-fat vegetarian foods can protect our kids and keep the rest of the family healthy, too. For a free booklet, call the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine at 1-877-685-KIDS or visit www.kidsgethealthy.org. Welcome back to Healthy Voyager Radio. My first guest is the producer and creator of what is quickly becoming one of the most revolutionary films of its time, and it's not even out yet. I can't wait to show this film to everyone I know, but for now, you're just going to hear about it, uh, about Forks Over Knives, and from its creator-producer, Mr. Brian Wendell. Hello, Brian. Hi, Carolyn. Thank you How for, are you? for having me on the show. Yeah, I'm so excited you were able to come on the show. Everybody, since I've heard about the film way back when and met you and have had uh, the wonderful opportunity of being able to, to see the movie at a pre-screening, I have just praised this movie up and down, and I'm so excited for November so that it's uh, in wide release for folks to go see it. It's wonderful, wonderful, awesome film. 
Thank you. Thank you very much, Carol. I appreciate it. And it's, it was great meeting you, too, as well. One of the fun parts of this journey is getting to meet so many uh, great people in the community. Well, thanks. Well, I, uh, I definitely want people to hear about Forks Over Knives um, from the, you know, the horse's mouth. So tell the folks uh, here listening today about, uh, about the film. Uh, Forks Over Knives is a feature film, uh, as you know, which is coming out that examines whether our so-called diseases of affluence, um, diseases such as heart disease, cancer, type 2 diabetes, are preventable and in many cases even reversible through diet alone. And to this end, uh, Carolyn, we, we examine the journeys of two well-credentialed credentialed researchers, uh, Dr. T. Colin Campbell, who is a nutritional biochemist from Cornell University and also author of the China Study, and Dr. Caldwell Esselstyn, a former top surgeon at the Cleveland Clinic. And both of these men uh, did some really remarkable research, and we cover that research in the film. And uh, we also explore their incredible uh, and very similar uh, stories, uh, and their stories are very interesting. I think the audience is really going to enjoy um, what this film uh how, how this film portrays them. And in addition, we also have in the film, we have uh, reality patients that we put on this, uh, this diet, a whole foods plant-based diet, and we see what happens to them. And that's pretty much the core of our film, and the film also has many digressions into other topics and areas, uh, but this really is the core of, uh, of, of what this film is about. Excellent. Yeah, it, it, it's a wonderful balance of seeing their stories, uh, the two doctors, as well as the real-life uh, experiences of folks who have, have certain illnesses and, and what happens to them through the course of the film. So it, it is a wonderful balance to, to kind of, and I like to tell people after I saw the film, there's just no denying once you've seen the film the power of a plant-based diet. So it's, uh, it's super, super powerful. So, and what you said is true, Carolyn, and, and that's one of the reasons why we had these patients in the film too, because we know that there's going to be people on the other side that deny and argue with the science, but the fact of the mm -hmm. matter is that we do show in the film that we do make a scientific, very convincing scientific presentation, but, um, but also you can't deny the fact that we were, that you were able to literally take people off the street and uh, put them on this program and see them uh, deal with their diseases in a way that's uh, much more successful than the way oftentimes that the medical system does. Oh, absolutely, hands down. It's uh, it's it's mind blowing. And for people who, and even for me, having been in this world for you know almost twelve years now, and being a holistic practitioner and and all, even for me, just to see it on film, it just reinforces my belief in what I've been doing. And I hope that it's even that much more powerful for folks who don't know this. So I think uh, it's done a wonderful job of you know of doing what you set out to do. So speaking of what, why you set out to do, why did you set out to make this film, and how did you kind of go about getting it to happen? The reason I, you know, it's interesting, Carol. I've been in the real estate business for a long time and have been a vegan for uh, over nine years, and I understood the concept of whole plant food nutrition even. And then I, uh, I stumbled across a book called The China Study. Again, this is by Colin Campbell. And when I read this book, my understanding of the science was so much more powerful than even I had realized. And I intuitively knew that you can reverse disease and even prevent disease through nutrition. And I was familiar with some of the work of some of the other uh, researchers in this field. 
But when I read that book, it just stunned me that the, how how incredible this work was and the fact that we just didn't know about it. And I really, really wanted to do something about it. And for long, I had been thinking about going back to school for nutrition, um, but it suddenly occurred to me that uh, why not do something? I originally thought, well, maybe I'll make a DVD. And I thought about the idea of maybe making an educational DVD, something that maybe can go into the schools or something like that but then realized that I'd really be facing an uphill battle doing that. Um, namely that the schools really listen to what the government tells them is healthy and probably wouldn't be very effective in doing that. And then it really just struck me that there was, uh, a, there was um, a void that really needed to be filled and that, that possibly maybe a feature film was really the way to go here and that this would really was the best way to get this message in an unfettered way to people was by feature film, and I, I even had thought about doing a cable documentary, and uh, thought that the subject matter would lend itself to it. But uh, but I really wanted to do something, and I didn't want it to be watered down by network executives or by advertisers or anything like that. I I felt there was a story to be told here, and um, I wanted to do it in a way again that really wouldn't uh, be interfered with. And so it suddenly occurred to me again that feature film was the way to go, and I thought. Really, I was really thinking that maybe that I really wanted to do for nutrition what Inconvenient Truth did, the awareness of nutrition, what Inconvenient Truth did for the awareness of um, of climate change. Mm. Uh, we went about, uh, I went about putting a team together, and, and, and before you know it, um, production was underway. Excellent. Now, speaking of your team, I mean, there these days there's been such an explosion in the plant-based world uh, and you know, contributing to the information that's out there regarding optimal health via plant-based nutrition. So, how were you able to kind of select the right people and the right subject matter um, from what's out there now? You know, kind of sift through the the sea of what's out there now to get the best possible results for your film. Well, I think the thing that we really wanted to focus on was the research and the science and. We did look at many people, and there are a lot of uh, very well-credentialed people out there, uh, even besides Campbell and S., uh, Dr. Esselstyn, and, um, and we really just settled on them because I think these, first of all, their credentials are so strong. You're talking about two of the leading institutions in this country. Uh, in Dr. Esselstyn's case, it was the Cleveland Clinic, and Dr. Campbell's case, uh, Cornell University, which are respected in their, which are very highly respected in their areas. And... And, uh, and, and, and also, we really wanted to focus on people who had done the research themselves. We didn't want to bring on advocates uh, or focus the film on advocates who were citing other people's research. So mm -hmm. really, and then when we really looked at different people, Campbell and S just had the right personality. Um, they had the credentials. And their stories were just so incredible. And we really decided to really just kind of really zone in on these two guys and tell their stories. And again, they came, and one of the really interesting things about them, Carolyn, is the fact that both of these men, they were born three months apart. They grew up, uh, they both grew up on farms. They both had an aha moment uh, at some point in their career where they questioned all the things that they had learned up until that point, and they both reversed field. Um, and then ultimately came to the same conclusion pretty much before they even met each other. <laughs> so mm -hmm. to us, this was really just a fascinating story and one that we really wanted to tell. And one of the things that was also very important in this film was we didn't want to just be a talking heads documentary. 
we really wanted to tell stories. So the fact that these, these two gentlemen uh, brought such great stories to the table was very important to us. Yeah, I think you, you hit the nail on the head. And uh, there's so many ducks out there now. I mean, just, you know, in the last 10, 15 years, documentaries have really kind of uh, become very popular. And uh, with most documentaries, obviously there's an agenda by the filmmaker, but they kind of pick and choose bits and pieces to to kind of support their agenda. Whereas in this film, you really did such a wonderful job of, you're right, getting some the people who were really well-versed in this subject matter because they had studied it for so long and weren't just talking heads or advocates. So it's so well-supported, well-rounded, and yeah, I commend you for really seeking out the best possible people for this film. It's, it, you did a wonderful job with that for sure. Thank you. Thank you very much. So what was the process like to get the ball rolling when you finally said, all right, I'm going to make a feature film? What was the process like to, to get your team together and, and get it kind of rolling? One of the most amazing things about this film, Carolyn, was the fact that uh, everything really came easily. <laughs> it was almost like mm-hmm. uh, there was some divine support or something. Um, I, it's funny, I really all of a sudden became very focused on wanting to, uh, to make a documentary. And, uh, and I actually, the first person I spoke to was my business partner in the real estate business. And he had, uh, he had really good ties in the entertainment world and introduced me to a friend of his that produces uh, documentaries. And, uh, and really, in just a very short time in speaking with him, I knew he was the right person. And one of the things that was amazing is I had a feeling there was going to be a China component to this film. And the fact that, uh, that uh, John, his name is John, John Corey, he's the, he's the first team member I brought on. Um, he had uh, experience filming in China. He's filmed three different times. China's not one of those places you just show up with a video camera and, uh, and make a film. So, mm-hmm. so that, that kind of was how the ball started. And then he introduced me to um, uh, who would become the writer and director, Lee Fulkerson. And they came over my place one night and I made dinner for them. And we ended up spending about four hours together. And it was amazing that uh, Lee and I really just had such the same vision for this film, even without having really previously talked about it, other than just in broad, broad strokes. And um, I knew Lee was the right guy, so uh, really, very quickly, Carolyn, everything came together, and it was really just, uh, just amazing. So from the time that I had the thought to make a documentary to the time we were in production, it was really just a, a few months, and up and away we, we went. And, uh, and like I was saying, so many things went our way at the time. We didn't know, you know, there was a lot of research to do, and we didn't know personally. We knew who some of the players were. Obviously, we hadn't settled on... Campbell and S at that point. I think we knew Dr. Campbell would have a, a nice part in the film, but we really hadn't settled on, on many things yet. But it was just amazing to us and very striking that these people were just, uh, the, the, the subjects of the film were just absolutely incredible people too, which was something that we really, that you'll see in the film, they're just people that you can really relate to and warm up to. And that was something we didn't know at the time. But again, it just went with the, went with the flow as we put everything together that these um, that these that everything just seemed to go our way with with who we chose for the film and everything else. Nice. Now you had mentioned before that you were in the real estate business, so this was totally new to you. Did you face any challenges in the process of making the film um, to get the vision exactly where you wanted it, um, or are you super happy with exactly how everything came out? 
I'm going to be honest with you. It actually went beyond what I ever imagined, which is just one of those <laughs> things. And it was like I said, one, you know, a lot of times when you do things, you, you just have so many stumbling blocks along the way. But there really weren't any, if anything, it was just stunning to us how almost everything that we wanted we were able to get and then some. It was just, like I said, I felt like at times that there was some kind of divine intervention. And um, it was just really, it really wasn't. The, the, the biggest challenge was, was really for us, was figuring out what to put in the film, what to leave out, because ultimately the film is 93 minutes, and deciding what not to put in the film when you have such a vast subject um, led for some very, very uh, hard choices. So um, that was really the biggest challenge, is what not to put in. But for the most part, um, you know, I have nothing but uh, deep gratitude for how well and smooth things went. Excellent. Well, you've obviously got a lot of good stuff maybe for DVD extras, right? <laughs> we, we shot about 150 hours, so and only 90 minutes made, wow. the, uh, made the film. So there's a lot of great stuff. That, and some of it we've already edited that's absolutely incredible that just uh, just couldn't make the film. Right, for sure. I'm sure that's actually a good problem to have. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> so from your pre-screenings, what has been the response from the non-vegetarian uh, and the non-vegan community? Have you gotten good response? The response, Carolyn, has been absolutely fantastic. And I think the reason is, is that people, everybody really wants good health, and a lot of people don't know the means or they haven't seen a convincing case made for it. And I think that this film does that. And I think it also does it because it doesn't, it really is very inviting to people um, it really reaches out to the other side in a very sober, um, non-preachy way. And I think people really appreciate that. You know, in the film, we were very careful that we wanted the narration to be neutral, and that's the way we kept it. And I think people really appreciate it. It doesn't beat people over the head with information. It's just, it just lays it out as it is. And um, the response has been incredible. And we have a lot of people already who've seen the film that have significantly changed their diet and have also real, and as a result have realized incredible health benefits from it. So um, it really has been good. And, and the film really was designed, the film, Carolyn, is designed really to make a difference in the world. And obviously, we wanted a film that vegans and people who are already into this lifestyle can get really excited about. And I think it does that too. But at the end of the day, for me, to feel good about this film, we wanted other people to embrace it. And I think, uh, I think we, we, we hopefully are onto something with that. And I think so far the indications in the advanced screenings that people who are not into this lifestyle feel very, um, feel very motivated by it. Yeah, I, I would agree with you that the, the tone of the film is not only informational, but it's, you're right in such a way that is inviting and not at all um, preachy so that people kind of let down their guard because I know when it comes to uh, plant-based diets uh, or vegan diets, people that aren't in the world tend to get very defensive and put up walls and don't want to hear it, you know. But the way that you've really showcased the information and the subject matter is, is not only interesting but entertaining and just and heartwarming, really, in a lot of ways. So I, I don't think anyone could deny the power of what you've put on film, um, and, and hopefully you can you know, once the the film has made it to the mainstream and, and gotten there, uh, gotten out on all the screens to really make a big difference, I think you've got a great thing for sure. Thank you. So when and where will the film be re released for public viewing? 
Carolyn, the film is going to be released in theaters. Um, the, we were originally planning for November, but we've, we are now um, scheduling the release officially for March 11th, uh, 2011. And in the fall, uh, starting in, in uh, mid-September, we're going to start in, an event-oriented advanced screening program across the country. And we're in discussion with uh, several entities to help sponsor those screenings. And um, so people will be able to see the film starting in the fall. And then we're looking at a wider release in numerous cities on March 11, 2011. And I know people, <laughs> I know people have been anxious for the film to come out, and, uh, uh, but we really are going to do a really uh, significant outreach program to make sure that we could bring um, a lot of people to the theater to see the film. A lot of people who aren't aware of the film yet, many people who are not. The film has gotten a lot of publicity in the uh, vegetarian and vegan communities, but we're really reaching out to bring those other people to the table too. So uh, we're looking at a March 11th uh, release, and uh, we're really excited. And like I said, people will be able to start seeing the film in, in the fall as we do these, uh, these large event-oriented uh, advanced screening, uh, screenings across the country. Well, what I love about that is, and I know people are anxious to get it out there. I'm one of those people that wants it out yesterday to get people <laughs> watching it. <laughs> but uh, uh, but what I what I think is great is that you and your team have kept your integrity uh, with doing everything on your own, as opposed to, like you said, doing it uh, on a cable TV network and letting the the money guys kind of dictate what the film is going to be like. You've been able to, from start to finish, have a product that has been pure all the way through, and you know, good things come to those who wait, and you're going to get it out there the way that it needs to get out there, and uh, and without any, you know, not being tainted by anybody else's money or views. So I think that's uh, it's great for for people to just kind of wait a little bit, but. Uh, Thank but, you, and this uh, is true, Alan. And you know, there was a point in the film where we had cut the film longer, and we we, we had done some test screenings, and and we realized that we really wanted to do a lot more work on the editing. And you know, if we were with a network or something, they would have told us, hey, the deadline is up. But we decided that it was more important for us to get the film right and to make it the best film it could be um, rather than just get it done fast. And we did take that extra time to do additional editing. And people who have seen the initial version versus the, ver the, the close to final version uh, are really amazed by how much um, uh, better we made the film in that process. And, uh, and, and to me, I think we, we, we really have one opportunity here, and we really want to get it right. And uh, I think uh, people are going to really, really like what they see. We're really hoping they are. And so far, you know, in our, our advanced screenings of this, uh, this final version, people have, uh, have really been, been uh, saying a lot of positive things about it. Yeah, yeah. I would imagine it's, just, it's only going to get better as it comes closer to uh, big screening time. So what's next in line after Forks Over Knives is out there and spreading its message? Is there a part two in the works, other films, other subject matter maybe? Uh, we do have some ideas for follow-up documentaries, but uh, at this time we're really, really focusing on the release. This is going to be an effort in and of itself. And uh, so, I, you know, whether there's a part two and what that is and everything, like I said, we sketched out some preliminary ideas, but that's about all at this point. Right now we, we have our plates full. And uh, we're just gonna uh, we're gonna go out and enjoy the ride on this. Yeah, for sure. And when the uh, film is released wide on screens, how shortly after will the DVD be available for purchase? Uh, 
Uh, about uh, about uh, three to four months. Excellent. Cool. Well, where can people find out more about the film, uh, see the trailer, receive updates on screenings, and all that good stuff? Well, they can go to our website at forksoverknives.com. Uh, they can also uh, find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash forks over knives. And uh, we're also on Twitter at twitter.com slash forks over knives. Very cool. Well, I'm so glad you were able to make it on the show today because I know it's summertime and people are in and out of town. And uh, what you're doing is great, and I can't wait for people to see your greatness soon. Thank you so much, Carol. Thanks for having me on. Anytime. Everybody stay with us because after the break, I will be chatting with Susan Levin of PCRM. This is Noah Wiley with an important message about health charities. When you donate, always look for the Humane Charity Seal of Approval. The Humane Seal assures that your donation will go directly to patient services, health education, or vital research without the use of animals. For a list of approved charities and more information on the Humane Seal, go to www.humaneseal.org. This message brought to you by the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine. Thanks for coming back to Healthy Voyager Radio. My next guest works with my favorite group of doctors. To tell us about all the wonderful things that PCRM does and stands for, I welcome the Director of Nutrition Education for PCRM, Ms. Susan Levin. Hi, Susan. How are you? Hey, Carolyn. I'm doing great. Thank you. So tell us um, what PCRM is and who they are, what makes up PCRM. Sure. So PCRM stands for Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine. It's a long title. PCRM is is good. But we're a nonprofit organization that does nutrition advocacy work, and we promote uh, what the science is telling us, which is that plant-based diets are good for prevention of chronic disease, and we use those same principles to reverse the symptoms of chronic disease. So it's never too late to change your diet. Excellent. Yeah, so so basically let's say there's someone who thinks that it might be too late, that they're kind of um, up in age. You guys can, can kind of come in and, and be of assistance to someone to say, look, this is what you can do, and you can reverse whatever damage you've already made in your life. Oh, absolutely. And it's, you know, we've all done damage uh, no matter what. <laughs> what our age is, probably. I mean, in this country, we have so much access to really a lot of not-so-great food. So by the time we're even young adults, kids now have damage that at one time we thought was irreversible, but now we know it isn't. It is it is reversible, and that's good news. For sure. I mean, a lot of people eat the average American diet. I thought growing up that I ate a healthy American diet, but it was still, even though I didn't eat uh, processed sugary foods, I was still eating a lot of white flour and drinking a lot of dairy because, of course, you just kind of go by what is the norm. And, uh, right. you know, looking looking back, it looks horrible, but it's not that horrible in comparison to what people are eating nowadays. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's... I, I did not grow up, actually, with a very good diet. I was a latchkey kid, and I don't blame my mom. I just think she didn't have the best information. She, like most of us, was a victim of excellent marketing by a lot of the food manufacturers. Um, 
So yeah, but it, it's 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 never too late. I think that's a great point. And even though a lot of the foods have gotten a lot worse, and there's a lot more of these bad options out there, and it's cheap, you know food is cheaper than ever. These bad foods. So yeah, it's it's quite an obstacle to get over. But once you have the information, um, it's very empowering. Absolutely. So how and why was PCRM founded and by whom? Well, PCRM was founded in 1985 by Dr. Neil Barnard. Um, Dr. Barnard was practicing medicine in New York City when he kind of noticed a gap in medicine, and that gap was uh, the discussion about how nutrition plays a role in health. So there he started a committee to address the issue with other doctors. And 25 years later, PCRM has a membership of well over 100,000 people, about 7,000 of whom are physicians. Uh, Many of us, though, are uh, dietitians, nurses, and other healthcare providers. So it's, it's, it's become quite a huge organization. Yeah, absolutely. And you're so right, and, and he was so right at the time, because when you look at uh, traditional medicine, it's, it's virtually non-existent, the nutrition aspect of medicine. They just kind of glaze over that or don't even account for it when it comes to preventative health care or, or fighting symptoms or disease with nutrition. It's it's kind of bizarre that there's such a disconnect, and I'm glad that someone early on kind of figured that out and put together this wonderful group. That's right, and and you're right, and it's it's unfortunately still kind of on the doctor to figure out if he has a special interest in this area because it's still not addressed in medical schools. Um, maybe a few, but generally it's, that's the exception. Yeah, it's like maybe a half of semester of like high school health equivalent, right. not real, right. you know, get down and dirty and this is what food does. It's 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 just so bizarre to think that there's no connection. But right. hopefully more and more people like Dr. Neil Barnard and all these great doctors at PCRM are going to just keep pushing this along. So what sorts of services and programs does PCRM offer? Well, we we do a lot. I mean, that's we're here to provide information to anyone. So we offer a lot of online resources just because that's the easiest and the cheapest way to get information out there. And that can either be written information. So we have a lot of fact sheets, we call them, on our website. could be anything from facts about soy, the facts about cholesterol. Um, we have nutrition news. So if the late-breaking nutrition information in a medical journal that we want to convey to the public. Not everybody flips through medical journals, so we take it upon ourselves to kind of summarize the latest in nutrition and health. Um, We have a lot of instructional video information on our website, so lectures, cooking demos. Um, And all of our information is available uh, to be put in your hand. So we do have hard copies that we can send to people uh, free usually within a certain within limits. And those resources are for healthcare providers, but they're also for patients and then just people who are generally interested in health and well-being. We do a lot of live events uh, for lay people, but also for healthcare providers trying to educate the educators. And a lot of those live events are, are accredited through um, 
a local medical school here, the George Washington University Medical Center, and so we can give continuing education credits to diet, dietitians, nurses, doctors to come hear us present information. Um, so we do a lot virtually, literally, and live. Um, almost anything, if you go to pcrm.org, you, you can probably find it. Excellent. So since PCRM is, has started as a group of medical doctors and now there's dietitians and nutritionists mm -hmm. and er, making a PCRM, has there been, have you noticed and has PCRM noticed, uh, a little bit of a change in mainstream medicine as far as acknowledging the work that PCRM is promoting and practicing, or do you think it's still a big-time uphill battle? Um, both. I mean, I think what we, we what you mentioned earlier that there's not that much information in medical schools about nutrition. I think that's that's still true. Um, you know, they're trained to deal with diseases and drugs and surgical procedures, and um, kind of they're trained to deal with your quantity of life as opposed to your quality of life. So that's that's still a big challenge. However, I kind of visualize people who are promoting, you know, plant-based diets for prevention and also for reversal of symptoms of disease. I feel like we're kind of standing at the finish line if I could be so, you know, I don't I'm not trying to sound conceited, but I feel like here we're standing at the finish line and we're kind of looking back. And it's like we're watching the medical world come closer. They've, they've, they've resisted, they hesitate, you know, mainstream medicine doesn't really like a lot of change. Um, I mean, I have to say the American Dietetic Association took them years to just say whole grains are better than refined grains, which is, you know, to us, it's like, wow, why wouldn't you say that? But it just, change takes so much time with these huge organizations. So I do see people coming closer, like we're just standing here, like, come on, come on. And I do see them coming closer and accepting that uh, plant-based diets are healthier, that this, this is a good way to go. And I think... Um, you see that in these relatively conservative organizations like the American Dietetic Association I mentioned earlier, they now have a position paper saying that vegan and vegetarian diets are not only adequate, they're actually beneficial. We know this. The science mm -hmm. tells us this. But the fact that they're saying it is huge. So I feel like people are coming closer. And then there's even in the mainstream people like Michael Pollan who wrote The Omnivore's Dilemma. And while, you know, I don't 100% agree with everything he says, he's saying eat more plants. Like we get this. That is the healthiest way to eat. And he's saying it and people are like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. And so they moved a little bit closer. So, again, I think every year, every five years, every decade, the more science that comes out and just keeps pounding it in, like this is the better way, this is the better way. Um, and as healthcare gets to be much more expensive and people continue to get sicker, um, preventable sickness here in this country, um, they're kind of going to be funneled almost to the finish line. Like you have nowhere else to go. I mean, you can right. keep spending billions of dollars on drugs, um, or you could do this and change your life with with for free, basically. 
Yeah, go to the grocery store. That's your medicine cabinet. Exactly. Cheaper and better for you than, you know, popping a pill. (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely. So for those who who are just tuning in or um, listen to the show who don't uh, necessarily follow a purely plant-based diet, can you explain PCRM's take on the benefits and positive effects of a plant-based diet versus the negative of a non-place, uh, non, non-plant-based diet? Um, you know, kind of detailed of, you know, cholesterol versus non-cholesterol with the plant, you know, that sort of thing. Hmm, okay. Um, yes, so the benefits of a plant-based diet versus negative of a non-plant-based Well, the benefits kind of are endless and and you just never know until you do adopt a plant-based diet what those benefits might be um now, now technically speaking you mentioned cholesterol yes when you eat a diet that doesn't have any animal products in it then you are not going to consume any cholesterol and it just makes sense then that your cholesterol has a pretty good chance of going down and that is clearly a benefit because high cholesterol is related to um, heart disease, the number one killer in this country. Um, so that's great. And then the benefit, and while it's great to lower your cholesterol and every year you go get your cholesterol measured maybe and it's going down, that's great. But the, the benefits are also fairly immediate. A lot of us, 68% of us, are overweight or obese in this country and we need to lose weight. This way of eating, because of all the fiber that you find in plants, and there's no fiber in meat or dairy or eggs, the fiber that is in plants helps you, well, it helps lower cholesterol, going back to that, but it also helps you feel fuller, it it helps you lose weight, there's just not that many calories in fiber-filled foods, fiber doesn't digest, so those calories actually come back out, and they come back out with toxins with excess hormones with your excess cholesterol so you're benefiting your uh, heart uh, your risk for cancer um, you're decreasing your blood pressure I mean there's just so many benefits to the plant-based diet Um, people when we do clinical trials here at PCRM even if it's say about type 2 diabetes we'll have people come in that say my arthritis is gone like really Mm -hmm. well that's good i mean like that's a benefit that we're probably not going to talk about in the study but that's great or the pain in my um the neuropathy in my leg is gone that's great i mean that's a symptom of diabetes that not many studies measure but that's a great side effect of this way of eating um one guy in our diabetes trial literally his erectile dysfunction disappeared which (laughs) great i mean great for him great for his wife so the benefits are kind of endless and surprising, whether it's something as superficial as my skin cleared up to um, my cholesterol went down. These are all great things. Yeah, it's, it's funny that you mentioned the diabetes uh, thing because so many people, I, I feel like diabetes has been so mislabeled as a sugar uh, right. disease, but it's it's so much more than just that. Yeah, and that was kind of... Um, our thought, too, is, wait a minute, what, the way people treat, quote-unquote, diabetes in this country and around the world is kind of patching it, kind of giving in to the problem. Like, my body can't deal with glucose or sugar. Therefore, I'm going to really watch my intake of glucose um, or sugar. And 
that's just kind of accepting that you're sick and I'm just going to almost like and, and diabetes, you know, diabetes doesn't kill you. The, the, it's the effects on your, your blood vessels that will kill you. So people with type 2 diabetes or any diabetes are at much higher risk of cardiovascular disease. And as I've already stated, that is already the number one killer. So you can imagine what high risk I'm talking about here. So um, so when, when, when people – oh, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> we were chatting about uh, diabetes being a sugar disease yes, and yes. it being mislabeled. Treating the symptoms. That's right. So treating the symptoms. So we're just not going to, you know, we're going to just let this happen slowly. We're going to try to slow this down. Whereas we said, well, wait a minute, why don't you just stop it, not just, and then reverse it? Because I think you could do that. As Dr. Dean Ornish showed with heart disease um, in his pioneering studies, when you change your diet, you can actually reverse heart disease, not just stop it, like I'm not having uh, any more chest pain. Yes, you get that benefit, but also um, the the diameter of my arteries is opening back up because of my diet. That Nobody ever thought you could do that, and he proved it. And we thought, well, why couldn't you do something like that with uh, diabetes, type 2 diabetes, and lo and behold, you can. Like when you get the fat out of your cells, which is what we did, a low-fat plant-based diet, those cells became more receptive to receiving the glucose or the sugar so people could eat those healthful foods. They could eat fruits and they could eat whole grains and vegetables and beans and have this healthy diet that promotes heart health and good blood pressure, but also reversed the problem with diabetes. Suddenly people um, could absorb the glucose and their blood sugars went way down. They're getting off their medications and or, or not going on medications. So, yeah, treat, treat the problem. Try and treat the problem. I'm not saying everything that a vegan diet can cure everything, but I'm saying with these diets related, I mean these diseases related to diet, it's 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 a pretty good chance. Yeah, for sure. It's it's like you mentioned before that a lot of people just want to put a bandage on it and walk away and think that that helps it and ignore it. Right. But uh, they could, you know, take the bandage off and take care of it and never have to put a bandage back on anything ever again. Exactly. Kind of take it into their own hands. Exactly. And and you know who's not to bring this down to a. a conspiracy level but like who benefits from um treating just the symptoms it's the people selling the band-aids so sure they're they're not going to get behind and they're making a lot of money so they're not going to get behind a change your diet plan not a significant change your diet plan but we are and unfortunately we don't have the money to really advertise this this kind of gold plan but we're hoping that the word continues to get out as we continue to prove that it actually works right yeah and the more people that adopt a, a plant-based diet are just going to prove prove it for you without having to uh spend big money on advertising and and uh and nuttiness to get people to do it they're just going to do it based on word of mouth and and notice the, the effects uh firsthand yeah, and I, and it's 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 important because, I mean, I don't have diabetes, um, and if you don't have diabetes, it's really hard to understand unless you've hung around people with diabetes. But the motivation 
to to want to change is huge. I mean, you're losing some people are literally losing their limbs because mm-hmm. of diabetes or losing their kidney function because of diabetes. And, and you know, there's nothing scarier than a dialysis. So um, they have a huge motivation, and if it works for them, like I was mentioning, somebody said the neuropathy in my leg is gone. Suddenly, less likely that they might lose their foot, or if someone's mm. vision gets better because, because you know, again, diabetes affects all the blood vessels, not just the heart and the lower limbs. But that's why people with diabetes have vision problems. Those blood vessels are very sensitive and. A lot of people with diabetes have eye. That's one of the first signs, like what's wrong with my eyesight. So when that clears up because you changed your diet, like that's a huge motivator. So, yeah, the more people who have diabetes or, or fill, in the, you know, fill in the chronic disease or have heart disease and suddenly don't have chest pain anymore or, um, you know, or lose 50 pounds without counting calories because they just changed the quality of the food that they're eating – these are huge motivators, and they, they definitely are the better spokespeople for sure, better than a medical journal because who's going to read a medical journal? Right, right. And people, I mean, you don't go see a movie if your friend tells you it was terrible, you know, So, but you right. will go see it if they said it was great. So it's just that, that positive word of mouth and, oh, my God, you look great, you feel great, what are you doing? Oh, right. I switched to a plant-based diet. Really? Is it that hard? No, you know, so more and more people are adopting it and really just sending out positive messages and I think over time I, yeah it'll absolutely take some time but um I think people will start to kind of get it yeah and I think as long as um is we can, and getting to people getting to patients is incredibly important um but getting to the educators and showing them that this works so that they tell their patients you know there is this way of treating diabetes that's has a lot of success, do you want to try that? You know, even if they themselves may not follow this way of eating, but I think it's only fair to present to the patient that here's something that seems to work better than drugs. Do you want to do it? <laughs> you know, just it's only fair to offer it as far as I'm yeah. concerned. So how do the physicians and, and, and folks like yourself get involved with PCRM? Are you hand or is it uh, kind of volunteer because you're interested? Um, well, I think, you know, I, I actually work here, so I found uh, a full-time employee as a dietitian. I, I did follow a vegan diet. I do follow a vegan diet, so I knew about PCRM. Um, I became a dietitian because the vegan diet changed my life 180 degrees in terms of health, uh, and I wanted to share it, so I went and got my degrees, and then I found PCRM. Will you hire me? Yes. So that's how I got involved. But but our members who are not paid um, are just interested, and they they become members because they're interested, and they want to actually be um, receiving the latest information on diets and health. They want to get involved, so maybe they want to be spokespeople. Um, maybe they just want to be aware of what's going on uh, at a grassroots level. So a lot of times we're in D.C. because we do a lot of legislative work. We want to change um, on, on the federal level what's going on to help people in their hometowns. So if the USDA is influencing the school lunch program that is feeding the kids in Kansas City, then it's important to be here trying to change that. But we need 
doctors in Kansas City saying, clean it up, clean up the school lunch program. So we use our doctors who are interested in advocacy to write letters or call their representatives. Um, so anyone can be involved. Um, you just go click on the website, call us up, or do whatever you want to do to say, hey, I'm interested and um, I want to help. Excellent. So I know that you mentioned that you also do research. Uh, you do clinical mm -hmm. trials. How um, are the results of these clinical trials and, and this research received by the mainstream audience? I mean, it's it's the, the trick is getting the information to the mainstream audience. Um, like I was saying, we can get pu studies published all day long in medical journals, but it doesn't do the world much good to just be sitting on a shelf um, waiting to be read. Because again, who's going to read that? That you know, the we have to get that information out there in a way that is. Um, 